Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Tastemakers Club After Dark. I am your muse, Cordelia. Um, Thank you guys so much for all of the love and for sharing my podcast. I honestly think it's a huge accomplishment of mine um, because honestly, I I didn't even know this process was going to be this easy and so enjoyable. I mean, here I was trying to build a YouTube channel and I'm like, oh my God, got to work on lighting, got to do this, I got to do that, got to draw my eyebrows. I'm like, I can't be bothered with that. Now with my podcast, I can lay here in my satin robe, drink my water, my cucumber juice, and maybe sometimes a little wine. Um, So yeah, thank you guys so much for all the support and all of the feedback. I love feedback, okay? Because remember, we don't run from feedback on yourself, okay? That's right. We don't run from it. We welcome it. So thank you guys so much for that. I really appreciate it. Um, So yeah, today's episode, according to all the feedback that I got, was my relocation story as well as my um, darkest night, which was my brain surgery situation and the process that happened with that. So yeah, this is pretty much what this episode is about, guys. Welcome and thanks for joining. Okay, so how did I get to the sunny, sunny, sunny island of Miami? As you know, I love calling Miami an island, um, even though it's part of Florida. Uh, And anyone who lives in Miami knows that it's like there's Miami and then everyone else lives in Florida. Um, So basically, yeah, in January, I think of around 2018, I finally made the move down here. Um, Prior to that, I was doing a lot of traveling back and forth, um, just coming down to the beach um, and coming to an event. Um, Actually, a lot of this I was doing by myself, keep in mind. I remember one year, which I think was a very important milestone um, that set everything in motion, and I didn't even know it then, was a year I came down for Chronics. Um, They had a concert down here at the Wynwood Yard. And let me tell you something, it was Chronics, Kimani Marley, Kabaka Pyramid. It was such an upliftment vibe. It was crazy to look around and see all of these different types of people um, come together for this one event in this beautiful, warm climate. My skin was dewy. I was like there by myself, but you already know. I'm a social butterfly, so I made friends. It was just such an interesting experience. And I was like, damn, why don't I live here? It is the middle of, uh, I think at the time it might have been winter in New York and I flew down. And I feel this great about myself and about life and about human beings. Why the hell am I not living here? So that was like one of the the huge things that I was like, wait a minute now. Um, so then that whole thing started that 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 seed. So fast forward now. Um, I remember I, I I met someone on Bumble. Yeah, I know. Anyone that knows me knows I am not the big tech savvy person. Um, <laughs> I don't like to video chat. 
my friends hate that about me but it's like if i let you video chat and all of a sudden i'm looking at you next thing you know you're going to want to be a hologram in my damn house i'm like why are you a hologram call me so anyway not the best at tech so one day i was at work and my friend was like yeah you know do you have bumble i met this guy i was like what the hell is this Anyway, fast forward now, I download it just to see what it's about because I have to stay up to the time. Like, I can't be behind. So I was like, fine, I'll download it, whatever. So it just so happens that I met this guy and we met up and had dinner. And it's so funny because we were like, dude, we both joined Bumble and now we're really great friends. Like, who just comes on Bumble and just, and this happens? I was like, I don't know but it's terrific so it just so happens that after a few days of like a few times of hanging out and he was like guess what I was like what he's like I'm moving to Miami um and you should come and visit and blah 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 I was like what he was like yeah I'm moving to Miami I was kind of bummed at it because I thought I had met a really good friend um fast forward we're not friends anymore that's a different story um you know, I really met a new friend and it's exciting and I love it. And I was like, oh man, now I'm losing him. Anyway, so <clears throat> I went down and visited him, I think maybe a few times because back then I wasn't really flying back and forth as much because I was working. Um, so I went down one year, okay, and I think he had went to work and whatever because I was staying at his condo at the time. No, it was a non-romantic thing, guys, so please do not think I went down there and I was laid off in my satin robe <laughs> with my bumble date. <laughs> no, that did not happen. It was strictly platonic. Um, but anyway, yeah, one day I was sitting on his balcony and watching sunrise because I am obsessed with sunrise, okay? If you go to my Instagram, you will see tons of videos of sunrise. I cannot get tired of it. But anyway, so I was sitting there on his balcony looking at the sun come up and the cloud formations and I was like, I, I was speechless because it was so beautiful and I was like, what the hell? This is amazing. So as I was sitting there, because his condo was also um, on the water, or yeah, it was on the water, and I happened to look in the water, and I see a dolphin jump up. And then I felt like when the dolphin jumped up and, and popped back up from the water, I felt like it looked at me. I felt like the, <laughs> I felt like the dolphin looked into my eyes and was like, you know, you belong here. And in that moment, I snapped to a memory that I had a few years ago. Um, I had experienced my first lucid dream and it was amazing. Um, and it was a lucid dream where these women came into my home. And this was not, okay, just for those who don't know, lucid dreaming is when you, you fall asleep and you wake up and you're conscious. Now, lucid dream could go many different ways. Um, I won't spend too much time on it. Maybe I'll do another episode on lucid dreaming and why it's the best thing out there. But basically, I woke up. Well, yeah, I guess you can say I woke up <laughs> in my house, but my body was still asleep and these women came in and each woman had something to tell me. You know, one woman 
she was like, oh, um, you know, follow this number. This number is always going to lead you to something, something and money. Of course, all I remember the, the damn spirit telling me in my house is it's going to lead you to money. Because I'm pretty sure she said something else that was important. But listen, I heard money. <laughs> so I always remember that. Another lady was in such gratitude. She was, thank you so much for so-and-so something about a blanket. And I was like, uh, what is she talking Like a blanket? I gave someone a blanket or what? Um, and that's a whole different story because there's a, a different part to that. It was amazing. And the next lady, she told me, she showed me a picture of like a bird, but the bird was in the water. And she said, you know, when you see this, you know, it's me. So when I woke up out of that, well, I guess I woke up out of that lucid dream. I remembered all of it. And I was like, why would a bird be in a water? Now, fast forward back to the story. I knew in that moment when the dolphin looked into my eyes, I, I flashed back to years ago when I had that lucid dream. And then all I remembered or I heard the voice in my head that said, you know, it's me. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is it. I am moving to Miami by any means necessary okay I declared it that day on his balcony and the minute I declared that I just felt like I felt at peace I felt I felt at peace like I felt in a state of knowing you know I, I don't know if you've understood that when you've made a decision or you're at a place where you just feel so centered and calm so that's how I felt in that moment when I proclaimed, like, this is my new home. So after that, a whole string of events started happening that was, like, lining up and setting me up to move to Miami, which was, like, really funny. But in hindsight, when you think about it this way, I mean, like I said before, whatever you ask the universe for, it will move everything around and position you to succeed and to get what you want. And that's what happened. I mean, it even it even got to the point where I was like meeting people. And if I had a question or a fear or a concern, a person would present itself and we'd have conversation. And then that conversation was like how to solve my problem. It was like it was it was it was just pure magic, to be honest with you. Um, so I'll tell you that much. So then time passed. Um, I would say that one of the hardest parts about, you know, really deciding after I solved all the issues, how was I going to work? I mean, where was I going to work? Um, where was I going to live? After all of that, the hardest struggle that I encountered was my dad. Now, for those of you who don't know, which one day there'll be tons of you. My dad was diagnosed with glaucoma and he went blind, you know, late in his years. And my dad is a Jamaican man, Sagittarius at that too. So yes, just like me, <laughs> um, very stubborn, very old fashioned, just very stuck in his ways. And my dad does not believe in magic. Okay. He doesn't, he believes you come out of the womb, you get yourself a nice secure job and you live your life and that's it. And then you're dead. So 
it was the hardest thing to leave him because I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, am I abandoning my parents? What is he going to do? But the crazy thing is his setup was already so perfect. Um, and then I, I did build upon that, of course. But I always had that fear that I can't believe I'm leaving him behind. But I knew deep down you know, you can't wait until your parents die for you to venture out there and do something bold with your life. And honestly, deep down, that's what I was like, maybe I should just wait. Maybe I should just wait. But then it's like, uh, no, you can't wait until your parents pass away. That's a waste of your life. And you wouldn't be honoring their life because every parents want their child to succeed and be happy. And even though my dad fought me tooth and nail, tooth and freaking nail about it and how I'm going to go down there and fail and and just a whole bunch of different stuff but eventually I had to claim it and I was like no I'm I'm going to do this and I'm going to succeed because my name is Cordelia I'm a freaking magical pussycat and I'm a master creator so I'm moving to Miami into my new world and I'm claiming that so be it so after a while, I, I, I managed to make that happen and, you know, I was gearing up, slowly selling off my things. I was even fortunate, to be honest with you. I was at a job and just as I was about to quit, you know, just as I was about to quit or whatever the case is, my boss called me in his office and he was like, oh, I heard you want to move to Miami. Um, and I was like, Okay. <laughs> Who told you this? And I'm mad because it was that one person in the office. And you know that one person in the office? I'm going to send you this podcast. But anyway, because I know it was you. But anyway, you did me a favor. So I was on such good terms with my my boss. He was like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fire you. You know, that way you can go down, collect your unemployment, um, because I know that you take your happiness very seriously. Um, sidebar, is saying this on a podcast illegal that my boss fired me so he can pay me unemployment? I don't know, but (laughs) hopefully we won't find out, guys. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Anyway, it was crazy. I was like, you're, and the crazy thing is, I know that it was coming from a great place, a universal place, because if he knew I was leaving, he could have just let me quit and I would have been just, just ass out of luck but he let me go I collected unemployment for x amount of time so it made my transition to my new world a lot easier so once I overcame like that whole situation with my father I pulled up my big girl um, panties I knew where the money was going to come from I knew where my apartment was going to come from I mean trust me this decision I almost canceled it at the last minute, keep in mind. So that was really what my relocation looked like. I mean, it's definitely not, all relocations are different, I would say. Some are rocky, some are smooth. Some, actually all of them are pretty scary because I moved down here not really knowing anyone in Miami, um, not really knowing where I was going to work, what I was going to do. But the only thing I knew was, This is where I belonged. This is the chance I'm willing to take for my happiness. And now 
I'm living here. I love it. I'm a better person for moving here, I would say, honestly. My my abilities, I would say, have definitely strengthened. I've become more entrepreneurial. Um, and I haven't been ashy since 2018. Boom. There you go. So that alone is worth the move. Um, so that's really my relocation story, guys. It's I mean, it's been a whirlwind, don't get me wrong, but it's, you know, it's been something. Hey, welcome back to the second half of uh, Tastemakers Club After Dark. So this segment will discuss the darkest night of my soul thus far which was my AVM, my abnormal vein formation. I received a lot of requests asking to go into detail about this from a lot of the people who listen to my podcast. And I was more than happy to share this story. Um, I've never really told everyone the full story, honestly, because this situation or this journey, it felt like I had to keep it close to me. It felt like I didn't want any interference from other people's fears, their thoughts, or anything whatsoever. Because I knew if I was going to get through this, I had to have my mind, my body, and soul, my higher self, my spirit guides, my ancestors all on deck for it. And I just didn't need anyone else's thoughts and fears interfering in that you know it was a whirlwind so basically here I was living in Miami you know ripping in running the streets um, and everything like that and I was working at the time as well um, the funny thing is I didn't even know I was sick because I'm not a sickly person and literally I mean I get sick maybe once every 10,000 years um, so when it happens, it's like, what, what is this? Am I sick? I don't get it. So over a course of a week, everything changed. You know, I was going to work. I was feeling very nauseous. I was feeling, I was getting these migraines that I thought were migraines due to, <clears throat> excuse me, migraines due to like looking at a monitor or something of that nature. So I was like extremely confused. So I ended up going out on a Thursday, I think, you know, to this really, really, really fabulous party on the rooftop. I had an amazing ass time. But while at the party, I would be hit with these blinding migraine headaches. Imagine if someone took like a ice pick <laughs> and they were like repeatedly like stabbing you in the skull and twisting it stabbing and twisting then on top of that they took their claws dug it into your brain and then they started screwing it like it was so bad that when it hit I had to stand still I had to stop breathing I had to wait for the sensation to pass like it was that bad okay it was like it was the craziest thing so I remember waking up Friday the next day and I had work that day and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to work because I'm taking a self-care day. 
Not even self-care because of what happened the night before, probably because I had way too much rosé and I was just like, I can't be sitting down at a desk on a Friday when the weather is this beautiful. I need a self-care day. <laughs> so I took the day. Yeah, I did. I took the day. Um, so as the day went by Friday now, I started getting more and more sick. You know, I started um, feeling very nauseous. The pain got really worse. It was like the muscle, it was like there was a muscle deep in my, between my neck and my skull that kept seizing up. And like I said before, it's like the claws in your brain and it's twisting it like it's a knob, like just twisting it. So as the week progressed, of the weekend, I should say, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I got so sick to the point where I was laying in my living room on the tile floor because I have an area rug and then I had these, these tiles in the living room. So I'm sitting there laying on the, the area rug and if I moved, I would throw up. If I throw up, I would be in pain. So that was the series of things that I, I, what was happening. So after a while, I was like, I can't move anymore. I can't take this pain because when remember when you're throwing up, your body is convulsing. And when my body was convulsing, it was like the ice pick was back, okay? It's just like, ah, in my skull. It was like, it was crazy. It got to the point where I had to decide like, okay, I have to pee. I know that if I get up, I'm gonna have to vomit. And if I vomit, I'm gonna be in excruciating pain. And I was like, Cordelia, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not doing this. So I would have to roll off the area rug and just like go to the bathroom on myself on the tile. Guys, it was, it, listen, it was that painful, okay? And until you've been in that amount of pain, please reserve your judgments. I definitely peed on myself in that living room on the damn tile. I did because I just could not take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. So fast forward now, that whole weekend passed. By Sunday, Monday, I had lost vision in my left eye. You know, it's like the whole vision. You know how you have an eye floater? It turned into like an eye floater into like multiple floaters that were covering my my vision like and it turned into like golden spirals like i was freaking seeing golden spirals in my left eye and nothing else nothing else and you would think all of that is happening me peeing on the tile me throwing up me losing my vision i would have took myself to the hospital no no i didn't i i didn't like I said, I rarely get sick and being from the islands, especially growing up in country, you know, usually you drink your garlic tea, your ginger tea, you get your Cersei or something like that and that cures everything. So hospitals and medication is like not my thing. So Monday comes around now and I'm feeling a little better. I still have no vision in my left eye, but I was like, no, it'll be okay. It'll clear up. But at least I was moving around and not vomiting. So to me, I was like, okay, I'm getting better. I'll be fine. I'm going to go to work. Even a friend of mine I was talking to that day, she that called and checked up on me. She was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm getting ready for work. 
She's like, what? Are you, are you crazy? But <laughs> I was doing it. That's what I was doing. So as I was getting ready for work now, I started getting the pains again. And I was like, oh my God, what if I go to work and the pain happens and now I can't work and I have to get myself home. So that means I have to have my body in motion from my job to my house. That scared the living daylights out of me. Okay, it scared the living daylights. I said, you know what, I'm gonna just go to the clinic. I go to the clinic, again, it got to the point where if I moved, I was in a lot of pain and then I couldn't see again. It started getting worse. So the lady was like, ma'am, you need to go to the hospital right away because she thought I had some, um, she thought I had some, um, some disease that I thought people just don't get anymore. I can't remember what it was, if it was like meningitis or something, I have no idea. But for a person who is never in the hospital or who's never sick, when someone tells me anything like that, you better believe I'm terrified. <clears throat> I'm freaking terrified, okay? So, I take my Uber now to the emergency room because I was not calling 911 because the ambulance is way too much money. So I requested my little Uber, not a pool, but a regular Uber. So <clears throat> I get to the hospital now. I'm thinking they're just going to do like a little, a little test and everything like that. And that's it. Then they're going to give me some painkillers, send me home because maybe, you know, I'm having some type of weird episode. I don't know. Maybe I drank too much rosé and the rosé was like, no, girl, slow down. I thought that would have been the thing. But no, they're like, oh, we need to keep you in the hospital because something, something, something. Maybe it's a tumor. Dramatic pause for effect. I said, uh, what? A tumor? <laughs> what are they talking about no way <clears throat> they are not talking about no damn tumor so here I am now in freaking tears in the hospital so I was in the hospital for a total of four days I believe four days I was in the hospital for while in the hospital the pain continued okay um, I was on like I think they were giving me Tylenol at the time. Um, yeah, they were giving me Tylenol at the time to manage the pain. And my whole hospital experience was really terrible because I hate hospitals. They're the weirdest place in the world. Why are hospitals never colored and with plants and everything like that? It's like, it's like a sense of death. How am I supposed to spiritually want to be better when I'm in a place where it looks like it's just death? They don't want you to walk around. You can't go outside. I felt like I was in prison. You know? I felt like I was in freaking prison. Anyway, so I'm sitting there while in the hospital. You know, I used to get up very late at night, you know? And I used to like sit down because I had a window and I was able to like look out and everything like that. I was in a room by myself as well. And every night like I'd just be sitting there in contemplation you know and some of my thoughts was you know how did I get here like I felt very vulnerable I felt very human you know and why didn't I see this going like I kind of felt like I betrayed myself and then the more I sat and th thought about it I was like you are feeling sick 
before that you were feeling nauseous before that but i wasn't paying attention to it so i felt like in some way i betrayed myself so i started feeling very angry you know just very angry like wtf like like why would you do this to yourself cordelia you know it, it's it was such a it was it was a real thing i would say it was a real thing those thoughts and that anger i felt towards myself you know and that level of pain that i was feeling you know i remember one night thinking if this is this terrible i i don't want to carry my own children like I, let, let me tell you something late at night when i was up when that pain med because i was on pain i had to take pain medication every four hours you best believe in those four hours my ass was up waiting for those pills so i started thinking about all of these different things like not wanting to bear my own children because i hear it's so painful and this level of pain that i'm experiencing now i don't ever want to feel ever again i never want to put myself through this again okay and I thought about it when it, in terms of like how did I get here I was doing like a lot of meditation and this is just some magical part of it by the way I was doing a lot of ma um, meditation and you know uplifting myself and connecting to my higher self and just everything like that and then I started doing mirror work um, prior to getting sick when I was like looking in the mirror meditating and giving like telling myself loving things and telling my lower self like you have to let go you have to get out of here where I'm going in life you have to leave so in a way I was like doing this meditation to purge and then I thought about it in the hospital and I was like um did I kind of ask for this because I was asking a part of myself to leave listen guys I had a whole bunch of different thoughts that ran the spectrum okay as you can tell so it was like it was very very it, it was it was crazy the thoughts that I had um, so basically um, you know the the pivot period after being in the hospital for those days it felt like I was in there for a month okay so after a while you know I started listening to this amazing thing called the Tao Te Ching um which was it gave me a lot of peace actually a friend of mine introduced me to it and i was telling her i was having these thoughts and and whatever the case is and she was like you know what listen to this thing called the Tao Te Ching. you're really going to enjoy it and i remember reading oh by the way i would recommend everyone look it up and listen to it it really centers you but anyway um i remember in the Tao Te Ching that really put everything into focus for me was a line that talks about timing and how everything has a time right and it discusses how there's a time for being ahead there's a time for rest and there's a time for danger and there's a time for like and i realized i was like wow this is my time for whatever it is i'm going through and the best thing that i can do for myself is to sit down and be conscious in it hold my hand and basically get myself through it so after a few days i insisted the hospital let me out because they were terrible i'm not going to name that hospital but they were terrible 
Okay, I insisted that they let me out and one of the doctors there had recommended someone that I should go see that she believes is what I have, which is the abnormal vein formation. So I left the hospital, um, I met with a doctor and he told me exactly what you know I mentioned to you guys before. Basically, um, under the bone skull, there's a thin membrane that's made up of veins that pump blood over your brain. So he was like, one of those veins had malformed on the back right hand side of my, my brain and basically it was oozing blood into my brain. And he was like, I'm not going to lie to you, you're pretty lucky because if you waited this long and every time that you were getting those feelings, that was blood going into your brain and usually that's that's seizure you had a you had seizures and pretty much could have died you know and you definitely need to have the surgery but don't worry i got it we're gonna get to take care of this but there's a possibility that you might not regain sight back in your left eye and i was like sir as scared as I was, because I was very numb through it, so fear didn't feel like fear to me. I was always very numb to it because I couldn't believe what the heck was happening. And I remember the only thing I said to him was, no, I refuse to believe that I'll never have sight in my both eyes because I love sunrise so much. I'm going to reject that. And that's not my story. And I remember him sitting there saying, um but it's a possibility and I said to him I said yeah but it's a possibility that I will have back my sight and that's what I choose to believe period and then I ended the um the meeting with him and whatever the case is so after that went home the pain continued guys it got worse okay it got worse they prescribed, they told me I should be on IV no they told me I should be on Tylenol but at the time only ibuprofen was working and they told me I need to get off of ibuprofen because ibuprofen leads to, I don't know, blood thinning out or some craziness. But I was in so much pain that I was take I was like, I'm taking a chance, you know, and it, it progressed and it got so much worse. And I called up the doctor and the doctor was like, well, until your surgery at the end of the month, we cannot put you on 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 opioids. And keep in mind now at the at the time. <laughs> at the time I was like no I don't believe in opioids I do not want to be addicted because I one of my fears keeping my people is to become a two dollar hoe I do not want to become a two dollar hoe and everyone laughs when I say this but it is a real fear it's a real fear because drugs is really terrible and you go down that rabbit hole and next thing you know you're selling yourself on the corner for two bucks not even five because you're desperate two and i was like no i don't want to be on opioids so they put me on this thing called tomoval tomoval basically puts you in a state of numbness so it's kind of like you're in pain but you don't feel the pain it's kind of like someone's stabbing you over and over and over again there's a part of you that goes, I am in pain, but I don't feel it. So it's it's a it's a very it's a psychological thing. It was very disturbing. So fast forward now um, to this part, which is 
the part that I rarely discuss with people, I should say. Um, it got to the point where I was crying so much every single day, every hour of the day, I was I was in tears, okay? I was only speaking with my mom, my dad, and I think one other person that would like tell everyone else information because I just didn't have the energy. I mean, I stored up all my energy every day just to have a conversation with my mom and dad and they'd call me and I'd be like, hey, yes, I'm doing good. You know, I'm still in, in a little pain, but I'm managing it. I'm staying positive. My mom is crying on the phone. My father's in denial because he doesn't want to stress me out. And I'd hang up the phone and guys, I would be bawling bawling i was hiding my fears from people i was hiding my pain from people because again like i said i didn't need anyone else's fear affecting me getting through this i knew i had to manifest my way through it i knew that i had to be okay for my dad because i wasn't leaving this world before him I was not leaving this world before him at all. I was like, no, and I'm not losing my sight. I claimed it and I was like, so be it. So no, I wasn't talking to anybody. A lot of people didn't even know I was sick um, until it was over. So it got to the point now where I had no more tears to cry. I was crying and nothing was coming out of me. No water, no Iwata. If anyone knows that song, Sizzla, Dry Cry, I never understood dry cry until this situation. And I didn't understand the importance of releasing tears. Do you know that you can cry and tears not come out? And if those tears don't come out, psychologically, there's no release. I was crying and crying and crying. I had no tears. I had no tears, dry crying. I was delirious, in pain, not sleeping. And then on top of it, I was seeing spirits in my house. That's right. I was seeing spirits in my house. Okay. Like there were these people dressed in like white robes and their heads were wrapped up. Like I don't, I like, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, thinking I was hallucinating them because this was not a hallucination thing. I know what I saw and that's that. But I was seeing these people, but I was in so much pain that I was like, I don't even know if they're here to like help me or whatever. I do think they were there helping me because I remember one night I was sitting in my couch um, and there was a mirror in front of it. And I remember looking in the mirror and they were like hovering over me and I felt like they were doing work on me. It was so weird. But anyway, I wasn't even paying attention to like, oh my God, this amazing thing is happening. I'm seeing spirits. No, I was in pain and delirious. I was taking hot ass showers to see if I can alleviate my, like my skin was scalded. It was burnt from the hot water, burnt, okay? So everything came to like a whole like buildup when one day I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I remember like I put on my satin robe, I lotioned myself in coconut oil and I got down on my knees and I was like, and this is, this is the hard part, but got down on my knees and I was like, I was praying to God, the universe, to everything and everyone that I could. And I, in that moment, I was like, I understand that there's a lesson that I need to learn here. And I'm open and willing to it. 
But let me tell you something right now. I can't do this if I'm in this much pain. I can't. I can't do this if I'm in this much pain. So I give up. I surrender. If you don't take this pain from me, I'm leaving this world. And I said that. And I said that to myself. And I was ready. I was already in my satin world. I was going to take every, any, any damn pill in the house. I was going to end my life. I was sure of it. I was not scared. I was okay with knowing that I was going to take my life if this is how the lesson was going to be learned. And I remember in that moment because I felt so calm about that, knowing that I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. And I remember in that moment, like I just collapsed and I started crying. And I'm like, I didn't even know a human being could cry that much. I cried and cried so much where I was like rubbing my tears over my face and I was like drinking my tears. Like it was like, I cried so hard that I fell asleep, fell asleep, knocked out, fell asleep. And keep in mind, I haven't slept like fully for days. And do you know that when I woke up, I did not have any more pain. I didn't have any more pain. My pain was gone. I didn't take another pill. And for the first time I woke up and I sat in my chair and I watched the sun come up in my in my apartment because I had like a like a view of you know like where the sun rose, where the water was. And I remember feeling like thank you. I had a miracle. I knew I had a miracle because if they did not come through the universe god whatever you call it did not come through i would not be sitting here recording this podcast with you guys today i would have killed myself and i remember thinking i get it i get how people can can kill themselves like i never understood the the, how people take their lives because i've never been in that situation but i realized that a lot of people exit life that way because they don't feel connected to anything. Because when I proclaimed that I couldn't feel God, I couldn't feel the universe, I couldn't feel my, my attachments to other people, the only thing I felt was pain, pain. And I was like, if I don't feel anything, what's the sense? What's the sense? And I had like an aha moment. I was like, oh my God, like people who kill themselves they don't feel connected to anything or anyone or any situation. And I, I like I cried and I cried and I cried because I was so thankful at the fact that I had that miracle in my life because if it wasn't for that miracle, I know my mom would be upset. I know that my dad would be upset. They'd probably blame themselves or whatever it is that they would do. And the people in your life would be like, why weren't we there for them? But in that moment, guys, if you're listening and the people in my life, like, (laughs) in that moment, all I knew was my pain and I I had to surrender. And that's how I learned surrender. So that was definitely my darkest night of my soul because after that miracle happened and the tears came back, I've never been so happy for tears. Um, I ended up having my surgery a little bit after that 
um I went home after like a day like my doctor was like dude I don't even yeah my doctor was really funny he was like this young guy that was very cocky but I liked the fact that he was cocky because he was sure and I remember going to go see him and he was like dude you look great and I remember he looked at my scar and he was like oh my god your scar your scar is practically healed how's your vision and I was like my vision was always gonna be okay and he was like yeah, you're a little miracle, aren't you? In that moment, I became attracted to my doctor. <laughs> I became so attracted to him. Anyway, and another funny story, just to lighten up the mood after I just told you guys that I thought about killing myself. But isn't that life though? We cannot be ashamed and afraid to express these things. We cannot. But anyway, just to lighten the mood, I remember coming home after surgery with my friends because again, I never get sick and I had my miracle so I felt like, oh, I'll be fine. I tried to do laundry. <laughs> I tried to do laundry. I was like, ah, listen, came home, bandages on my, my, uh, my head and I was like, ah, oh, before I get into bed, let me do a little laundry. My friend was like, what? the hell are you talking about you just had brain surgery dude I, please keep in mind it did not happen i dragged that laundry bag from my bedroom to my front door and i was like wait i'm tired but um yeah um fast forward i'm doing pretty wonderful now um and up to this day i can tell you that this is still still one of the best experiences of my life because i i learned surrender and I learned the power of my mind I would say oh welcome back guys thanks so much for sticking with me through that story I had to take a pauser because every time I think back to that and that moment that I had of contemplation and not being connected it's always it's always going to be very emotional for me, I would say, because that type of thing doesn't leave you. It really doesn't leave you at all. I mean, even last year was my one year anniversary, I call it. And I definitely went through a period of like feeling depressed in a way because I definitely didn't process the fact that A, I could have died. Um, B, I thought about killing myself and C, going through a very magical time in my life because I definitely saw those damn spirits in the house. <laughs> I definitely did. They were dressed in these wonderful turbans. It was pretty great now that I'm better. So yeah, um, thank you guys again for joining me for you know another episode. I really love sharing my stories in hopes that it would allow people to to be themselves and to not be ashamed of what they're going through because it's like we put up these walls constantly never really sharing who we are to people because we're fearful of how they're going to look at us and how they're going to judge us so if I have to be the person that says by the way there was a and if you anyone that knows me knows I am not that person that would ever think about taking their lives but if I could come to a period in my life where I would consider that and then talk about it and give you the positives of why it it why um 
why it came to be and how I got out of it, I mean, then so be it. You know, if I have to tell my story and, 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 and close my eyes and just spit it out, if it could help one person, I'm happy about that. I really am. So thank you guys so much again. Um, if you have any questions or if you, you know, yeah, if you have any questions, basically, oh, it's the closing. So, you know, this is going to be the weird part, <laughs> but um, I promise you to be good. So if you have any questions, please do not be afraid to send me a message on IG at Tastemakers Club AD or feel free to send us an email at tastemakersclubad at gmail.com. That's tastemakersclubad at gmail.com because I do love your feedback, like I said before. Or if you have your own stories about your darkest night of the soul, that'd be great. If you can share your story about your darkest night, I would definitely be happy to either read it um, for people or maybe you can call in and share it because you know what? That's how we grow. That's how we give people the confidence and the inspiration to set themselves free. So I would really love that. Okay, so just a few things that I want you to take away from this podcast today is follow your bliss, you know, open your eyes and follow the signs because the because God or the universe or whatever you believe in is trying to tell you something. Oh, my God, is that from the color purple? That's definitely from the color purple. But anyway, it's the truth, though. Follow your bliss. If I was never strong enough to sit there and say, I'm moving to Miami, so be it. I don't really know where I would be. I'd probably just be living a pedestrian life in New York. And pedestrian is not what we came here to do. It's not. Okay. Number two, what I hope you would take away from this podcast. You're going to have many different acts or chapters in your life. Don't give up. Don't get comfortable. Keep moving forward. Okay? Just because you're going through this tough situation right now, it will not last. Okay? If you're having a really great upswing and everything is positive and you're like, ooh, everything is so great, remember, there's going to be a downswing. The important thing is to move forward and to always Always be in gratitude, learn the lesson, and always choose bliss. Number three, our journey doesn't stop here, okay? We are limitless beings on a roller coaster called life, okay? I would have never known that I was going to, like, have brain surgery. It's like, what the hell is that? You know, I don't even catch a damn cold like that, knock on wood. But to go from the and then on top of it, they're like, oh, we don't even know why it occurred. It just happened. No reason, no rhyme, no nothing. So whether it was me med meditating or whatever the case is, I don't even care. But the most important thing is that life is a roller coaster. Enjoy the ride. Make it worth it. Make it worth it. You know? And the most important thing, again, to take away from this podcast, guys, is we are not human. We are not human. We are not human. So till next time, tastemakers, have a wonderful day. I'm wishing you tons of 
of joy and bliss and clarity. Embrace that. Accept that. Let that sink in. All right. Oh, and lastly, shout out to that spirit who took the form of a dolphin to show me my next and best chapter so far. Peace and love.